Time for Lickin' On Lending. Welcome, everybody. Good to have you with us. Welcome to Lickin' On Lending, a weekly mortgage market update providing up-to-the-minute information on interest rates, loan programs, and hot industry news, all related to the mortgage industry. Brought to you by Transformational Mortgage Solutions. To participate in today's program, our guest call in line is 646-716-4972. Now here's your host of Lickin' On Lending, David Lickin. Let's begin. Welcome, everybody. It is Monday, September 28th, 2020. So good to have you here with us. This podcast is created by mortgage professionals. It is for mortgage professionals, and we're so grateful to have you as our listener. Again, our goal is to bring you timely information in an audio format that you can listen to anytime, anywhere. Anyway, today's hot topic. Very excited to have Brent Amler joining me, our sponsor with Velma. And the aim is to discuss what Velma is doing and how they've been busy working on some new loan officer tools. If you're a loan officer or someone in responsible production or interested in bringing some new tools to your loan officers, you will want to listen to our hot topic discussion today. It was really good. And we had Brent on as a guest back on April 2nd, 2018, Finding the Right Mortgage Marketing Solution is one of the ones we did. Go back and listen to that. A link is in the show notes. But you're going to enjoy today's podcast. We had as our special guest joining Brent is Kim Baker. Oh my gosh, she's VP, IT Programming Manager at Highlands Residential Mortgage. I got to tell you, I'm going, you're in IT with a personality as outgoing and bubbly as this? Oh my gosh, this is one of those amazing conversations we had. Really good. You're going to enjoy the interview if you stay tuned to the Hot Topic segment. We're proud to be a part of the industrysyndicate.com. Check it out. We value all y'all. As we say here in Texas, all y'all are valued. Anyways, another group we're very grateful for is our sponsors, the Mortgage Bankers Association of America, as well as Finastride, as well as Lenders One and the Mortgage Collaborative. And then CMLA, we had on CMLA represented last week. Very good interview. As well as Indicom, Accelerate as well as Ainsworth Advisors, AI Assist, Celebrity Home Loans, Innobient. Well, that's an interesting business intelligence tool with secondary marketing and pricing. Really got to check that one out. As well as our friends at Knowledge Coop, Mobility RE, Modex, and Velma, VendorSurf, Vineyard. And of course, our regulars, Alice, Andy, Alan, and Matt with their contributions each and every week. So grateful for you, our listeners, joining in. Check out all of our sponsors on the sponsorship tab. So let's get over to the Rob Van Rapport's MBA Mortgage Minute. Rob? Hi, I'm Rob Van Rapport's Welcome to the Mortgage Minute and the latest news from the Mortgage Bankers Association. On Tuesday, the FHFA published an updated strategic plan for 2021 to 2024. This plan highlights FHFA's ongoing and future efforts to oversee and reform the GSEs, as well as improve its own operations. The reforms include a fair playing field for large and small lenders, steps to ensure the activities of the GSEs stay within the bounds of their charters, and a well-functioning uniform MBS that's widely accepted by market participants. FHFA also notes its intention to responsibly end the conservatorships of the GSEs and its greater desire for examination authority with respect to non-bank servicers. FHFA will accept public comments on the plan through October 5th, 2020. MBA's annual convention will take place October 19th through the 21st and will be an all-new online virtual experience. Speakers will include FHFA Director Mark Calabria, HUD Secretary Ben Carson, and CFPB Director Kathy Kraninger. For more information or to register, go to mba.org. That's it for now. Thanks for joining me. 
Yeah, good job, Bob. Thanks so much for reporting that with our listeners. Did you hear that when you said you reported in there that Mark Calabria is trying to find a responsible way to end conservatorship? Now, there is the challenge, responsible way. There are some of the ways that it's come out so far is some would suggest maybe not so responsible. So anyway, we'll see how that is. We're going to be talking about that next week. We're going to get the regulars together. We've got Alice, Andy, Alan, and uh, Matt. We're going to talk about some of the issues that are going on. i try to get Les Parker involved in that conversation as well. But very excited about talking about these things. Is it possible to have any kind of divestiture of Penny and Freddie by the federal and conservatorship? Is it possible? Well, we're going to talk about that and a whole lot more. So be sure to check that in. Let's get over to Les Parker and hear what Les Parker has to say with the TM Spotlight and this week's macro view of the markets. Les? Bye-bye. TM Spotlight Soundbite is brought to you by Power Seller, making hedging easy. Bulls moving the past night. Bears probably going to start a fight. Can we know that it's right? Confusion reigns while nervousness rises. Do bulls or bears win in this environment? Will mortgage bankers see the return of wild April this fall? Last week, some countries threatened renewed lockdowns. It surprised the global markets as the science is overwhelming that lockdowns do more harm than good. When we get through this distraction, look for the bears to gain traction. 3% mortgages will be back in fashion. It might sound crazy, but three ain't no lie. These are my own. Go to tmspotlight.com to subscribe to my daily newsletter. Bye-bye. I love Les Parker and Gary Kenchabone do on that segment. Good job. Love it very much. Check out tmspotlight.com. Subscribe to Les's free newsletter, as well as you can put in a special code. And if you go do the spotlight, you'll see his sponsor you heard about there and put in that you get the paid version for free how about that matt graham let's talk about the valuable service mbslive.net love this service have it open all the time on my screen behind me and thoroughly enjoying it matt what do you got for us today what's going on in the real world of real-time market conditions hey dave so we have some crushing news to talk about today last week uh, we'll start there and talking about this housing resurgence that we have been counting down and that we know must be living on borrowed time because how could the numbers be so good post-COVID with all of the hurdles that are going on? Loans are harder to do operationally and people aren't wanting to go out and buy homes. People aren't wanting to sell homes. Yet we've had these tremendous numbers and it surely must be living on borrowed time, right? So existing home sales, here's your crushing news it only grew about 2% from the last month. And this drastically cools down back-to-back gains roughly 20%. So surely the housing expansion post-COVID is over. Last month was a record of going back almost 14 years, and this month only improved on it. If you look at a chart of this thing, being at 6 million homes in terms of annual pace, that's the highest we've been in nearly 14 years It looks absolutely stellar. It beat expectations. And it's just the the housing market continues to defy expectations. 
And that was not the only piece of good news for housing that I will no, no longer pretend that the good news is bad news, but you had to have the hook at the beginning. Let's talk about home prices. I could set that one up a little bit for you too, because we could say home prices only grew at the same pace as they did last month in terms of FHFA's house price index, 1%. Yeah. It just so happens that back-to-back months of 1% are a record for FHFA data. And that's not just a 14-year record. That's one going all the way back to the beginning of their series, and it outpaces just barely what occurred at the peak of the housing boom before the mortgage meltdown. So tremendous gains in home prices there. And then now let's talk about new home sales crushed the forecast, topped a 1 million annual pace for the first time since 2006. And by the time we look at these three pieces of housing data that came out at the beginning of last week, we might wonder, is there some kind of housing bubble going on? Like, how could things be so good? And uh, I would say, no, it's impossible to know when a bubble is truly happening. I think we can all look around and say, we're definitely not seeing a lot of the things right now that we saw in 0506. We also know that there was a big bottleneck of housing demand, and then it was added to by people wanting to make changes in light of uh, the pandemic. And all of the activity that was suppressed back during lockdowns is continuing to get pulled forward. And I think we're just seeing more of it than we probably thought there would be. Builders are flourishing because everybody wants to move to the suburbs. So anyway, uh, builders building in the suburbs, people wanting to move to the suburbs, not a big surprise to see new home sales flourishing and home builders extremely happy. From a market standpoint, the week ended very flat. The whole week was very flat. Treasuries, MBS, uh, one slight feather in the cap for the mortgage market was that after a couple weeks of weakening just slightly, MBS improved just slightly last week and a little bit the week before. And that sort of leveled the playing field between Treasuries and MBS. Anyway, so MBS have leveled out their outperformance or underperformance versus Treasuries because uh, volume or supply volume has dropped off a little bit. And I think we had a high volume of locks over the past few weeks as people were trying to beat the adverse market fee. And as that has leveled off a little bit, there has been lower MBS supply, and that's allowed MBS to outperform a little bit. Real quick, coming up in the week ahead, nothing significant on the calendar today. Tomorrow, we have Case-Shiller home prices, so we can see if that is going to corroborate FHFA's rosy outlook on home prices. Wednesday, ADP employment data gives us a little bit of a preview of Friday's big jobs report. Then we have the final reading of GDP for Q2, and that's really old news by this point. Nobody's really going to care. Chicago PMI at 945 and uh, pending home sales at 10 a.m. This is the more timely view of existing home sales. It will give us probably our best glimpse or our best chance to see if anything is going to be leveling off uh, on the home sales front. With us, as always, jobless claims on Thursday and then core PCE inflation, which neither the Fed nor most economists are expecting to show any kind of uptick just yet. Could be years away on that. ISM manufacturing at 10 a.m. And then, of course, on Friday, the big jobs report, which probably isn't going to matter again because We are waiting on so many things for quite a while before that is going to be significant data, and not the least of which being the election, which seems to be one of the driving forces keeping markets flat between now and then. Yeah. 
Very interesting. Driving forces. A lot of them in, out there in the market. And But if you have mbslive.net, you will be able to stay on top of exactly how the driving forces are impacting interest rates. Thank you so much for bringing us a good report. And I love this service, folks. You have got to sign up for mbslive.net. You can use the LOL for Lickin' on Lending as a sign-up code and get an extended trial and no credit cards are required. And if you sign up and forget about it, we will credit you back if you didn't mean to anyway. Yeah, exactly. That's what the good people do. Your good businessman is a great service. I don't know why anyone would want to cancel out. It's that good. That's how much I love it. I bought a special TV and put it behind me and I uh, look at it all the time. It's up all the time. So good job. Appreciate you so much, Matt. Let's get over to Alice Alvey. Alice is here live with us and Alice is CMB Vice President of Education and Training for Union Home Mortgage. And she's got this week's legislative update. Alice, good to have you here with us. Hi, Dave. Thank you very much. So, hi, everybody. A few things just to help clarify what Rob Van Rapport said earlier on on the NBA advocacy. This is a big deal that FIFA has put out to request for public input on modification to the GSE duty to serve plans. Think about those as what is it they have to do to serve the industry? What are their basic requirements? And so, it's a chance for lenders to jump in and talk about whether or not this is the right thing. Now, a lot of companies feel there's a challenge with community lending objectives and uh, other areas. So this is we're taking a look at to make sure this aligns with what is going to be beneficial for all of us, including lenders. So this is we have to be back in on that by October 5th. So right around the corner. The House did pass a continuing resolution to get us through December 11th. So that gives us another two months-ish to be able to make sure that we try and get some kind of a budget. Remember, this is a big deal, especially for rural development loans, where we've got to make sure we're going to get the guarantee on the loans if the government does shut down. So we don't like any chance that happens. So we're grateful for the continuing resolution there. And then two bills that were introduced last month that we should keep an eye on, no big movement yet. H.R. 8003 is Helping Homeowners Act. So this is going to require communication within 31 days. So if a borrower is 31 days late on their payment, lenders are going to be required to talk about the forbearance. So today we kind of count on that the homeowner knows about it. This bill is proposing that servicers would be required to post on their website, make sure notification went out to any borrower who was 31 days late or more, and we'd have to offer it in English and in Spanish. One of the key things about this bill and another bill is changing the definition of federally regulated mortgage to covered mortgage. And that starts opening it up for other types of mortgages for manufactured homes. And I even saw on this next bill, they're throwing in recreational vehicles. Hey, everybody's gone out and bought one. So get a release of forbearance on those too, right? Because some people are living in them, right? You just be on permanent vacation when you work remote. So this bill is Senate 4519 by Kamala Harris. It's very lengthy. It is called the COVID-19 Mortgage Relief Act. This is really a bill we have to watch because it is really trying to stretch out the forbearance window. Right now, a lot of that forbearance guideline that was in the original act is more like 60 days, but this is really trying to extend it for up to one full year and be it automatic forbearance. 
So the minute somebody is late, they would automatically be assumed wow. have requested forbearance, not that the homeowner has to actually make the phone call. Today, they have to make the phone call. It goes on. There's a lot in here. It will change the way credit reports are looked at. It's trying to exempt treatment of bankruptcies and foreclosures as a result of this. This is a bill we have to watch closely to make sure it doesn't get legs because this will really make it difficult. Basically, it'll be forgive everybody in a mortgage if this <laughs> bill starts to move forward. So I uh, don't mean to sound too inflammatory there, but we have to dig deep on the wording on this one and make sure we get it right if this starts moving anywhere to extend the forbearance rules. So that's my report for today, Dave. That was Senate Bill 4519. Back to you. Thank you so much for your report. You're doing such an amazing job. I'm really looking forward to your participation next week in the Hot Topic segment when we talk about the roundtable stuff because you were really doing some fun, cool, amazing things up there. But it's also nice to know run companies like Union Home are struggling with some of the things that others less well-run, are also struggling with. So there'll be some misery likes company, and you guys are going through it like everyone else, but you guys are doing a great job. I'm looking forward to your participation next week. Thank you, Alice, for being here this week. Appreciate you. Thanks, Dave. You bet. Let's get over to Alan Pollock with a tech update and what's going on this week in the world of tech. Alan, did you see that it happens to be one of my clients was the first to go live with the digital human? I don't know if he's Shashank, which is the client of Arcus Lending in Southern California. I'm the one that introduced him to the digital client. He says, I want to be the first to market. And he was. The big press release went out. And it's pretty exciting. And you were started with the digital human, Alan, do you not? It, it started with my nonstop barraging of you of everything I was doing and <laughs> making sure that you understood. It, it, it's amazing. And by the way, the, I, I still talk quite a bit to the guys at, at Unique. And um, I'm actually their head architect and I have a call this week. They're, they're just doing such cool stuff. But and they have a launch pad. But there are others that are catching up to them. It's funny you brought that up, David. I got a, a random email, and usually I delete a lot of those solicitations that hit your inbox. Yeah. But this one was interesting. You put in some text, and your person automatically says what you want, and you can use it to create little training videos across your site. So instead of someone calling support, you do so. And Unique does the same thing. So all I'm getting at is it is popular, and it's picking up. But I want to talk about some other crazy stuff going on in Gen Z. But before I do... I was looking for uh, mortgage, you know, technology jokes, and this is a tech joke that came up. Where's Waldo? I think everybody does, right? The, yep. Those famous pictures before computers were around were our kids. Before we gave them tablets, they had the, the book with all the different right. scenes, and you had to pick them out. So this one shows a picture of Waldo in distress all by himself. He's holding the phone in front of his face, and it says, Google would like permission to use your location. And he looks like he's not sure what to do. It's pretty funny. So you got to be a Where's Waldo fan for that one. Anyways, lots of great stuff in tech. The biggest news out there right now, which we're going to get into in a second, is iOS 14. I know we touched on it last week, but I'm going to talk about Gen Z in, in our industry. But first, a couple quick things about our industry. First, a company called Active Comply. Now, this was in the Rob Crisman report. I, I read this report every day like most of us, but I off the wagon for a couple of days, and so I had to catch up. And I found so many great things in his uh, articles. Anyway, he, he featured a, a company called Active Comply, and, and they said, did you know that the FFIEC has outlined that lenders must have a good social media risk management program? And what that means is under the guidance, lenders are required to monitor and control social-related media content to their brand as if it were traditional advertising. And it means 
it has to be archived, it has to be searchable, and you have to meet state advertising record retention laws. Now, David, you probably remember many, many podcasts ago, we talked about mm-hmm. a company that actually would do social media searches on your loan officers and even right. on borrowers. Right. Anyways, Active Comply does very similar. It looks more like they're, they're covered in regulatory audits and penalties and helping you stay risk adverse in this area. So check it out. Everything we keep talking about, building efficiencies and and loan officers and borrowers still can't take your eye off the ball in this area too. So check that out. Active Comply caught my interest. Alice, you may have brought this up, Fannie Mae's DU Validation Service. I don't remember if you did, but I'm going to mention it anyway. They are discontinuing validation of employment and income using manual verification reports. So you got to get digital, people. Got to get digital uh, especially you're selling to Fannie, Fannie Mae DU. It's just the change of the time. So again, more on the technology side, got to stay up to date. We got to be investing in technology, especially in areas that not only make lift, but help validate the accuracy of our loan files. Uh, and that's not news to anybody. Yeah. This, David, UWM is so big in the wholesale space and in a bunch of different things. Anyways, they just released a mobile app saying that their brokers can now virtually handle every aspect of the lending process from underwriting through clear to close without needing a desktop computer. And that brings me right into Gen Z. Check this out. So we talked about iOS 14, right? We talked about how important it is because it lets you customize your entire screen. Uh, Apparently, I'm not an Android fan, but Android already allowed people to customize their screen. But iOS, Apple took a completely different approach and created something called smart widgets. Anyways, it's really funny. My kids start messaging me saying, hey, Dad, I want to install the new iOS update. And my immediate response is, don't touch your phone. I know it's going to happen. It's not going to go in. I'm going to spend an entire day fixing. I have three daughters, all three of your phones. It's going to be a mess. Anyways, I went and did it anyway. It, all, it worked. By the time one day went by, they had fully customized Apple phones, the screens, the apps, the way you get to the apps, the organization of their apps. They've downloaded new apps. I hadn't even put the update in myself. So I started Googling about the update, and I found that Pinterest is having record downloads of the total amount. They're breaking daily download records of the people interested in iOS design. It has blown away records about the amount of posts on any software update ever. Twitter is doing the same. What's amazing is that it's Gen Z that's driving this. They are so mobile-focused, so wanting to do it on their own. It is absolutely unbelievable, and and this craze hasn't ended yet. We're one week in, and it continues to expand. And now that all of our other generations are getting involved in this, what's amazing, David, is that they created smart automations. My 11-year-old daughter, who turned 12 this weekend, she has automations. I was blown away. She's writing rules to run certain apps when she wants, and she got this from other people on TikTok posting what they automated. What does this tell us? One, it tells us that we have a new type of potential college graduate employee coming to us in the next 10 years, but it also yeah. tells us we've got to be building for Gen Z. They're, they're coming. It is so mobile-focused. UWM's got the right picture. Many of us do already. We've got to drop everything, run, and go mobile. It means we need to be mobile-centric, mobile-focused. So that's my update for today. If you haven't Googled the iOS update, even if you're an Android fan and you don't like Apple, just go check out what people are doing. It's really crazy. Oh, and by the way, the ability for our industry, David, to plug in 
automation directly to iOS devices, iPads, phones, to check rates, to bring back data, it's all available now. So wait till iOS 15 comes out. It's going to be even crazier. Our industry, I bet you next year, a year from now, at Digital Mortgage, we're going to see more mobile and tablet integrated solutions than we've ever seen before. Interesting. So that's my yeah. prediction. I hope everyone has a fantastic week. Thank you for being awesome listeners. And on to Dr. Andy Shell. Anyway, thank you so much, Alan. Appreciate it so much. Andy Shell, good to have you here with us, Fred. Hey, Dave. Good Dr. afternoon. Dr. My Dr. pleasure as always. Yes. Dr. Doctor, Dr. Andy Dr. Shell. Yep, I'm kind yep. of keeping it simple. So I want to deliver on one point Alan just said about the FFIEC is that they also have a requirement for a risk policy, liquidity risk. So there's lots of different risks when covers lots yep. of risks. But the key is liquidity risk in addition to uh, social media risk and cyber risk and tons of other kind of risks. But the liquidity policy risk, the liquidity management is one of those things that's not really pursued a lot. I, as I mentioned last week or the week before, I, I wrote one recently for a client. And, and banks take this stuff seriously. I, I'm not as keen on mortgage companies taking it seriously, but now's the time to plan because what's going to happen in 2021? But on to the rest of the profit, doctor. So Dave, you've heard of a balance sheet about accounting reports, but why does the balance sheet balance? We know that it does. We're told that it does. We're told to check to make sure it does, but why? Who cares? So I'm going to be talking about the balance sheet and a tons of way more fun topics starting in two weeks when we launched the accounting webinar series, mortgage accounting webinar series, where I'm going to be talking about yeah, accounting, like the balance sheet, the income statement, structure of the income statement, why we measure the income statement of a mortgage company as we do using a cost of sales model so that we can predict future cash flow by looking at the gross margin. Now, that gets saying those words doesn't mean anything, but there is amazing information in the P&L beyond just the bottom line, just the way it's structured and the KPIs that come from it are expensive. Expansive. It's really interesting to be able to predict your business. So we're going to talk about mortgage accounting, hedge accounting, mark-to-market, hedge impact. All that starting in two weeks. Go to the MBA, org, education, sign up. Back to the balance sheet, the balance scales. So if we think about Newton's third law, which was the force law, force always comes in pairs. Equal and opposite, action, reaction, force pairs, all that is Newton's third law. Now, if we think about that in terms of business with an equal and opposite reaction, or basically like a cause and effect, everything in business has a cause and effect. And so accounting's job is to track all of the cause and effect. So if you buy something, the cause and effect is you've taken your cash and now you have a desk. If you sell something, the cause and effect is, well, you now deliver the service and now you're going to get a payment or you received cash. Accounting tracks both events because there's always two. And this is how we manage accounting. It's called debits and credits, and there's always equal amounts of debits and credits. So even when the P&L shows a loss, or even when the P&L shows a profit, the cause and effect is always equal. The P&L always rolls up into the balance sheet and makes it equal. So if ever you look at a balance sheet and it is not equal, we automatically know that something's wrong. And not only is something wrong, but the extension from that in CPA land is the numbers can't be trusted. And if the numbers can't be trusted, then you can't make any decision about the roadmap that the financial statements are supposed to enable us to conclude. So we're going to have to really think about this. So that's what we're going to talk about 
a little bit. So join me next week, anyone who wants to talk more about this. It's actually designed for CEOs to be able to learn how to understand and manage a mortgage company. It's designed for a CFO to help CFOs have tools to communicate the information to CEO and the other governing body of a mortgage company. And even for the LO that wants to understand the big picture about how to run a successful mortgage company, that's interesting as well. And I'm going to predict, Dave, that the LOs this year that used to make really great money making 500 grand now made a million. And those that used to make millions are making magnitudes above that. What are they going to do with all the money? They need to invest it. They need to invest it wisely. They need to, after they buy the yacht, that's it. Don't buy anything else. Invest it with financial preservation tools, which could potentially be launch their own mortgage company. You and I have done broker to banker or mortgage banker launches forever. There's a path, there's a roadmap, there's a way to get there. And one of the key things about success in mortgage lending for a startup like that is cash flow and financial measurement. Tons of other things too, but if you don't do that, you're almost guaranteed to fail. So it's very exciting what this could be for people. I think I got to be sure to sign up for your webinar. That's number one. But your story about balance sheet is really fun because you and I remember when we were together, you, Chuck, and I were working together at NBS, and we had this company come in that wanted us to help them with a warehouse line, and they brought their financials. And I remember I didn't look at the document because I was listening to him and what he's wanting to achieve. And I'm looking over at you, and you have this really curious look on your face. And you were trying to be so respectful. You said, did, did you like look at these financials? Did you personally approve these financials? And you go, well, yeah. And, and he says, do you know your balance sheet doesn't balance? And the, the guy looked down at him mm. and somehow that little detail had missed him. So it's amazing. Oh, I was such one of those moments you go like, yep, maybe this guy needs to have another trip around the mountain before he's ready for to start all mortgage company, get his own warehouse line. If he doesn't understand the balance, he needs a balance. Pretty basic stuff, but it's amazing. What's funny about that, Dave, that story is that's reputation risk. Having bad financials is reputation risk because now, because that was the third day of the conference and I'd already given that out to 20 different, 30 different warehouse line lenders. Back then, there were a ton of them. And all of them now know these guys don't know accounting. That's bad real bad because what's so important is, yeah, we're a business that manages risk and interest rate, but the foundation under it all is accounting. If you don't understand the basics, like a balance sheet balancing, you've got a problem. So anyway, yeah, that's what we're here. We're here to help you get a hold of us in advance. That's the point. Anyway, Andy, thank you so much for being here each and every week. Folks, thanks so much for being here for the first part of this podcast. This ends our weekly update. I want to say next week we have coming our roundtable discussion. Our regulars are going to sit around and talk about some of the issues facing the industry. Always a well-received podcast when we have the regulars sit around talking about the issues. Be sure to check back next week for that discussion. And I want to say a special thank you to our sponsors, Finastra, who is also there with a great solutions. And you need to check it out. Go to our website, look at lending as well as their website, finastra.com, and go to Moving Mortgage as well as Community Mortgage Lenders of America, as well as Indicom, Accelerate, Ainsworth Advisors, Mobility, RE, and Modex, so many others out there that we can't take the time to talk about, but you can see them on our sponsorship page. Have a great week, everybody. Look forward to having you back here next week. Thank you. been listening to Lickin' on Lending, a weekly mortgage market update with your host, David Lickin' of Transformational Mortgage Solutions. Join us next week, and thanks for listening.